Welcome to the second series of The Slice, a weekly pick-me-up podcast covering everything from work woes to self-care. Brought to you by myself, Tara Starlet, And me, Megan Morass. We bring you bite-sized segments to get you motivated every Monday morning. The Slice podcast is a motivational tool to build your morning routine around, so you can start your day on the right foot and kick ass all week. everyone thank you so much for joining us today we're really really excited to welcome our guest of honor today stephanie sword williams founder of fuck being humble sorry for the expletive today we're going to be exploring the theme of self-promotion which i know i'm sure many of us have challenges with so steph how important is it to learn the skills of self-promotion I think for me personally, I actually do think it's the defining factor to your success. It's one of those things that we definitely should have been educated on during our childhood. Yeah. It's important to self-employed, to freelancers, to those who are employed. Um, and it just really helps you to, to recognise your self-worth, to put yourself out there, to climb the ladder quicker. The sooner we get more comfortable with self-promotion, the sooner we will actually reach our goals. And I know that sounds so cheesy, but it is so so simple. It's as soon as you get the methodology right, as soon as you get comfortable with yourself and knowing how to communicate your skills Mm. and the value you bring, you will literally just be way higher than everyone else. Do you think self-promotion is part and parcel yourself, but also the work that you're doing within an organisation? Yeah, 100%. I think, like, one of the things that I look at the most is, well, first of all, I start with by trying to help people understand their experience, what they've been through, like, how they value themselves, and then knowing how to articulate that in, you know, real-life situations, Mm -hmm. whether it's interviews, whether that's giving talks at events. Um, But your work is is what you should feel passionate about the most, and is what you should be telling people about when you're at the pub or when you you know you don't want to force it down people's throat, but you also want to feel like it's it's part of you and your life, and you want to be able to carry that with wherever you go. That's a nice way to. I'm so interested in like the emotional side of you know why we have these barriers against self promotion or what what we've got going on emotionally when we're thinking about, um, you know, sharing our achievements. Yeah, I think it's definitely down to one of those things of you don't want to look self-indulgent, self-involved. I think just a little tip on that is that I often try and reframe what I'm sharing about that achievement. So if I've just got like a great day rate or a great fee for public speaking, I don't bounce in and say, oh, guess what, guys, I'm going to spend my £500 on my next holiday. Mm. I say... Guys, I literally just wrote this email, reframed the way I normally ask for my fee, and they gave me, you know, £200 more. Like, so definitely try it. Like, for, for, yeah, yeah, so it's more like exchanging tips amongst friends as opposed to it being like, look how great I'm going to look in two months' time. Because you don't want to be that person that mm. always sounds like, look how great I am, look how I'm doing this, look at what else I'm doing, you're not doing this. It's more like, how can you reframe your successes to add value to your friends or the people yeah. you're sharing it with? And value rather than self Yeah, and it's motivational. It's yeah. like when you frame it like that, then you're going to have a motivational impact on your network rather than like they're going to, you know, feel 
jealous or rubbish by comparison or whatever. And I believe that motivation is contagious. Yeah. And I think when you frame success and, and self-promotion in that way, then it, it really can spread in a really positive way. 100%. So if you haven't guessed already, Steph is here to talk to us about self-promotion. I'm really, really excited to have you. So thank you so much, Steph. So we're going to kick things off with da, 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 the morning routine. <laughs> so obviously this is where we hear about Steph's morning routine. Do you have one? Not really. All right. Good. I love that. <laughs> I realise I'm quite a procrastinator as well, which also goes against a lot of the way I work in general. But in on a morning, it is just like waking from the dead and then trying to ease myself into the day. I basically, like probably the vast majority of people our age, uh, just scroll through Instagram and yeah. social media to wake my eyes up and wake me up. Uh, but a big part of that is actually because Foot Being Humble is run around my day job. Yeah. So between the hours of like 7 and 9.30 is when I look for inspiration. I think about what I'm going to post that week or emails I need to send, jot them down, set a reminder. And then I've either prepped it for lunchtime or I can send it out later that day. But it is actually just a really good way for me to kind of scroll through and see what other people are doing. And it doesn't feel too overwhelming, but it allows me to feel like I'm actually being quite active. And do you think you've curated your Instagram? I was going to say that. Yeah. There's such a lot of like social media guilt around like, for example, especially like going on Instagram first thing in the morning or last thing at night. Obviously, last thing at night is different because it's like has science things on your brain. But first thing in the morning, you want those things because you want to be woken up mm. and stimulated. But um, I'm, re I'm obviously I work in social media, so I love it. But I also am a big fan and Megan and I talk a lot about curating your feed and making sure I think it all comes down to who you're following. Mm -hmm. And there's so many brilliant things, your platform what being one, loads of the other guests that we are, are going to have on the series this season all have really exciting, inspiring, motivational accounts. So why wouldn't that be a great way to start your day, like going and seeing what what what's out there in you know in the the kind of on, online digital community that you're moving in definitely and i think a lot of people feel quite overwhelmed by the amount of like self-improvement things all the time and feeling like you constantly have to up yourself or be the next you know ceo and stuff so sometimes it doesn't even have to be like as literal about like how to get a better job it could just be like mindfulness stuff mm. it could also just be fashion stuff just yeah. to like what do I wear today? And you just want to oh scroll God, through like, so helpful. exactly. Like I think it's, I'm a bit, I'm one of those people that has got quite a strong opinion about how you create your feeds because I do think Instagram does get a bad rap and it does do some, you know, maybe not necessarily healthy things for the mind, but the same way it's just like, I see people like Emrata in a bikini. Uh, I don't cry about it. I'm like, doesn't she look bloody great? Yeah. Like, and that's it. And I can framing, scroll past it and not feel like that's going to put me in a bad mood for the day. But if it is going to put you in a bad mood for the day, then just unfollow it. Like, exactly. it's such an incredible tool. We can be like connected and following like everyone from the Kardashians to Michelle Obama to yeah. you know whoever Gina Martin all these amazing people that are doing incredible things yeah. it's like it's entirely up to you as to how you feel as to what you want to follow if you want to what follow like symmetry breakfast and that eases your mind and it's just something nice to look at yeah. follow that it doesn't always have to be heavy self-help or professional development but I don't know I, I think everyone has their own routines and some people listen to the radio and some people sit down and have a great breakfast but 
if you're finding it beneficial to ease you into a day, then I don't think you should let people dictate how many hours you spend on what platforms or using different devices or you know different methods to ease you in the day. I think that there are other areas that I do try and do as well because sometimes obviously you know when you're doing your makeup and you're trying to do liquid eyeliner and you can't always be scrolling through Instagram at the same time unless you're <laughs> highly skilled. Um, but I actually really enjoy listening to things on like Audible, like downloading books or listening to podcasts and I was actually laughing with my sister recently about my book list and I made a note about it at the minute so I've got Charlie Cox She Must Be Crazy Brené Brown Dare to Lead Michelle Obama Becoming and then Philippa Perry's The Book You Wish Your Parents Had Read That Your Grandkids Will Be Glad You Did oh, or yeah. Your Kids Will Be Glad You Did and I just laughed because I was like it so screams like um, I'm needing to find myself whilst at the same time trying to take over the world with family issues um, but yeah I think it's like one of those things where all those different books I can tune into, decide what I want to listen to, whatever mood I'm in. My flatmates kind of always laugh as well. They think I'm being like hypnotised on a morning because it's usually like each chapter ends with, You're, you ask your, what your worth is because you deserve it. And it's at nine <laughs> o'clock in the morning. They're like, what are you listening to? Yeah, but, like some affirmation. Yeah, like kind of like meditations. Like, you know, if people are trying to quit smoking, yeah. it tells you like you're a strong person. But I actually noticed that listening to things like Charlie Cox, She Must Be Crazy is actually really nice to not always be thinking about, you know, how to grow a business and how to do all these things. Sometimes mm. just by listening to the way that she writes her poetry, like triggers a way that I might want to write an email or, you know, write a blog post or do my next Instagram post, you know, taking inspiration from her tone. So sometimes it isn't always about going to these obvious dare to lead you know, how to become Michelle Obama yeah. books and sometimes it's just about giving yourself a break and a change in... And remembering of... that your morning is your me time yeah. as well. But how can you use it to get yourself ready to be in that zone of taking on the day? That's one of the reasons we started The Slice because we wanted to create something that could be a tool for, for getting in that frame of mind to have a productive, successful day. But also that is, you know, a bit of time for yourself. Definitely. I think, it, it, as we said, whatever you enjoy doing. Okay, the next section that I've been personally really looking forward to, it's our Live It list for self-promotion, so I'm sure this is going to be exceedingly helpful for all of us. Um, would you say that historically self-promotion is harder for women to do, or they find it a little bit more challenging? And how, I guess, would me and Tara and our listeners literally be able to live self-promotion every day? I mean, there's loads of different ways you can do it. But yes, I do think for women, traditionally, it has been harder. There's, like, studies that show the confidence gap that in interviews, women will say they can only do, like, four out of ten, whereas men will say they can do nine out of ten. And one of the books that I was going to mention today is The Confidence Kit by Caroline Four, and, um, and it's hot pink, so if there are any guys <laughs> listening, like, don't be put off by that, is what I always say. But she talks a lot about the fact that we are so particularly British people. British mm, is a very thing, British, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that we only ever focus on being confident in something when we're competent in it, and actually, what we need to look at is how to be more self-confident, which is just the belief yeah. that you can do something even if you haven't already done it. So I personally am quite like a self-confident thing. I bite off more than I can chew, and then have to figure it out halfway down the line. But for like the more per perfectionist people, they struggle with you know, self-confidence because they have to be perfect in it before they move on. And I, I wanted to read that book because as someone who 
is you know is confident in different areas but also has my own have my own barriers I actually just wanted to get under the skin of the attendees that would come to my events and like really understand what they were going through so that I could best curate my content for them because there's no point in me just telling everyone how I would do you know build on my personal confidence I need to get to an understanding of what they go through yeah. so that was a really interesting book just to look at it's a real thorough explanation of confidence and the issues around it and why we feel the way we do and just really easy to read and understand we'll make sure we put that on the show notes yeah all the book recs will go in the show notes and then there's uh, another book called The Emotionally Intelligent Office, um, a book outlining 20 key emotional skills for the workplace. And it's actually made by the School of Life for Business. Yeah. Yeah. You guys yeah, know yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. And I literally, it was, so, well, I loved it one because it was just like two cha- two pages per chapter, which was like great. Um, but just really, again, like really useful, beneficial tips. And like, I'm a real big promoter of needing to have emotional intelligence skills and the sooner you adopt them like yeah. you will literally progress so much quicker it's like mm-hmm. it's like positive manipulation <laughs> in the sense that the sooner you know how to work with people understand their triggers negative and positive the sooner you can build stronger relationships get them on side for when you need to do things and it's just such a brilliant book and it covers everything from like anger to being diplomatic to uh, to confidence to all these different skills that like it's the sooner you learn to to do, the better you'll be in in the workplace and any sort of achievements you're trying to go for. And then the third book I'd reference is Creative Confidence, um, and that's written by the founder of IDEO. And it's just a brilliant book that explores like meaningful solutions that could change the the things that we do every day. Um, like from like how to order um, a pad thai to how to get like a heart transplant from one town to another in a quick, more efficient way. And it's just loads of short stories. I'm one of those people that needs like lots of short stories to keep me (laughs) going. Um, And it's just such a brilliant and like such an inspiring book. And I've passed it around to loads of people and like all the pages have fallen out now. So I need to (laughs) rebuy it, which I'm a bit devastated about. So they're my sort of three books. And then videos wise, totally obsessed with everything Brene Brown at the minute. Yeah, we are too. Her talk on shame and vulnerability on TED TED Talks was amazing. And then her Netflix talk was just so great. I just like, I was on holiday in Madrid trying to switch off, (laughs) listening to loads of (laughs) self-help things. And uh, I just sat like sunbathing, just like listening to it. And I was just like laughing. I must have looked crazy because I was just sat by myself laughing to my iPad. But it was so good like she's just brilliant and now I'm reading her dare to lead book and she's just so great she's 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 an amazing storyteller she just it feels like she just popped out of nowhere and she's always been building it but like the media have just got onto her now and she's just brilliant just love everything she says and does we love you Brené shout out to Brené um and a talk that I talk a lot about at my own events is 100 days of rejection Um, which is a TED talk where a guy basically goes around and thinks of a hundred different ways that he can get rejected so that he gets comfortable with being rejected. So he gives an example where he goes into Krispy Kreme donuts and asks for a donut that is like the Olympic rings. So multicolored and five interconnected donuts. And the woman was like, "We, we don't do that here. I'm really sorry. And he was like, can you just go check with your manager to see? And then 20 minutes later, they came out with this Olympic donut ring. And it was basically, yeah, it was amazing. Like, shout out to Krispy Kreme for, for doing that. <laughs> That's but amazing. he does loads of different things where the point is he either learns how to question back in a way to say, but why not? 
and why not and what is the result of this or he learns how to respond to it as to okay well why was that situation personally and what can I do to maybe ask that in a different way it's actually called like he's written a book on rejection therapy now interesting and I feel like that's also really relevant to um, this thing about like the British being uncomfortable with self-promotion there's also this thing about like not wanting to bother anyone or not wanting to ask for what they need or what they deserve and that speaks to that quite a lot as well I think the thing with the re- it's a really important skill it's so important and I think the thing with rejection I always say about networking is like you're probably never going to see them again so you have like one awkward conversation with them and guess what it's such That's a big it. world. You're never going to see them again. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Or it could lead to something brilliant. Or it could so lead to something amazing. Try? And if it is something funny, then it just leads to a funny story. Like, it's not yeah. It's not the be-all and end-all. And I think, like, there are loads of, like, techniques that people say, like, you know, ask a fit guy in a bar, like, for a drink and just, just to see what his response is and just for you to get more comfortable with it yeah. or put your hand up in a meeting and just suggest one thing or just all these different techniques that you can do to just get over it's that It's like fear. extending the the barrier of your comfort zone I've got this thing called Foz where it's like the fear of sounding stupid I'm, I made that up I'm quite proud of it um, but what we should really have the fear of is the fear of being generic which is fobge and doesn't sound anywhere near as nice but the fact is is that we we just forget that actually by the our, our fear of sounding stupid overtakes the fact that we'll actually just end up being generic and like everyone else so we yeah. have to get past that fear and, and just get get over it and also, Steph, you wanted to give a big shout-out, self-promotion shout-out, didn't you, in terms of living? Yeah, obviously, like, not to be too shameless. Um, but, yeah, uh, events, obviously, is, like, such a great a great way to be inspired regularly. And I run three events. So the first one's, like, how you talk about yourself. The second one's how you network. And the third one's how you ask for more money. And Fucking oh, great. What more do you need in life? Yeah. If, 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 if there, are, if there are actually any anything else people want to hear about like let me know because I feel like they're the three points that people really need support yeah, in but yeah. always open to hearing yeah. Um, but yeah I and it's just kind of like a workshop forward slash talk where you come out with a piece of paper with act- actionable advice on what you can do but one little thing um, just to finish on that is I actually went to a really amazing talk recently that was um, hosted by Bumble and Galdem mm. and it was one of their storytelling nights where the theme was loneliness and 20 people got up and did a five minute talk on loneliness and it was just so amazing it was emotional but it was amazing to just sit and give yourself a break but also just be inspired by all these incredible stories so again sometimes it doesn't have to be how to write a better CV sometimes it could just be going to a different yeah. format yeah. event style or going to listen to an icon you've always loved that is not even in the the kind of industry you're trying to grow in sick okay guys well check the show notes for steph's events we will put all of them in there the next section pulp fiction this is about... i love you singing all the little <laughs> I love it. jingles I'm just we haven't got a jingle in there yet so i'm doing it for you um <laughs> So Pulp Fiction, this is all about myth-busting, and I feel like, especially, we've touched on it a couple of times, Britishness, there's quite a few myths that I'm sure you can bust for us here today. So I think myth number one would be just that there aren't as many females smashing it out there. 
Like, there's loads of things that have come out recently about, like, more CEOs named John than there are women, which is absolutely bloody ridiculous. But I, whilst we definitely need to fight that and push for it, I also just think there's so many females that are smashing it out there that aren't necessarily CEOs. And they could be, you know, like, as you mentioned, a big thing that I try and do is support women under 30, because I think there's some incredible people doing some amazing things. I think when you see an event that is that doesn't have a non-white, um female on the panel i honestly think that's just laziness and i think people have to push past their ex- they like you know immediate network and yeah. just go and try and find people because it's not hard i run events and i'm like proud that my panels aren't always of you know privileged middle class white people like it is easy to go and find it because there are so many incredible people like women out there doing amazing things i actually maybe i'm a bit um skewed but i actually see more women starting grassroots movements and podcasts and stuff than I do men right now but maybe like I'm eating my own words and maybe that's because I haven't got as broad a network in the male world but we could be in a bit of an echo chamber but that doesn't mean to say that that's not valid uh uh what's the word observation observation of what's going on yeah I think like that basically there's loads of bloody amazing people doing stuff you just have to try and find people that are pushing it and and don't just stick with the inner circle that you already have like always try and find people just that next one pass and you know what i think's interesting is if you go to a talk and that and you see there's a panel and you don't feel like you're represented whether that's because of your gender or your ethnic background and you are actually someone who could speak on that topic maybe this is a good self-promotion challenge for yeah. the listeners to find out who organised it and get in touch with them, give them your contact details, let them know what your, you know, what your background is, what your job is, uh, that makes you someone who could be on that panel, and uh, and let's, you know, see if you can elbow yeah. your way in there. I think yes. just to add to that point as well, it is about that proactive attitude and not expecting them to seek you out, which is the big thing that I push. Like for me, I knew that I wanted to help people and mentor people and share my experiences. So rather than wait the next 20 years for, for me to win an award or I just made my own stage. Yeah, really <laughs> so just go, you know, if you're not getting invited or you're, even if you do share your details and you don't get to do it, like it's so easy to build grassroots movements and event series and supper clubs and dinners and host parties that actually you can control that. Yeah. Don't, don't, your, your presence and your promotion shouldn't be in the hands of others. It's in the hands of your own. Yeah, myth number two. Myth number two. You have to have 50 years in the industry before you can shine yourself or help other people. So we kind of just touched on that. We all know that's not true because we've all done it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> we're all definitely not 50. I mean, no. like, we all did it at 25, so thanks, Yay. high five. Yeah. <laughs> My hands are really clammy, but okay. Um, yeah, so basically with that, it's just kind of like, you know, I always wanted a mentor when I was going through my career and I didn't have that person. I didn't have an uncle that worked at Vice. I didn't have, a, you know, an auntie that worked at Vogue. I just didn't have those connections. Um, and so I built up my experience. I've changed five jobs in six years, which I'm still very proud of. Um, and ultimately in doing that process, I did learn loads of skills. I learned interviewing techniques. I've worked in new business. I've have to manage clients every day. Like I've learned a lot of transferable skills that yes, I could keep growing on and only share when I'm classed as a specialist in 20 or 30 years time. Mm. Or I could do what I did, which was just start sharing with 
peers because actually peer-to-peer sharing is so much more accepted like we don't have to be these like glossy ceos with 50 years under our belt like people just really value any form of an advice and i think if you could have the impact on one person's life just one person's mm. like why would it not be worth it myth number three is that some people are just born with self-promotion being good at self-promotion or being a networker and i literally can tell you that that is not the case like even if that person's confident, they will always have insecurities of their own and there will always be things that they fear. And I took a job in new business, maybe very naively thinking that just because I could talk to anyone and everyone that I'd be able to secure deals at networking events. And I soon found that it wasn't that easy and it was really hard and I had to spend a long time and I still am learning it on how to craft really strong communication strategies and how to build relationships. And I think the truth is that you just have to invest in that process and get better at it and find your own techniques and you may not succeed like immediately with self-promotion and networking and it may you may have to graft and I heard a story once where this guy had to take a potential client out for lunch for five years every six months and then on the fifth year that he handed over the account and it was like half a million pound account and the guy ended up being like you know a millionaire and selling off the business but he put in five years of relationship building so I just think don't ever think that people just like landed that some people do land it and they're jammy but the vast majority of people have to really really graph okay quote of clock this is the time in the morning where Steph we hear a quote that you live by yes mine is blag now worry later the reason being you won't have to worry later because you'll already have the skills inside you to do whatever you need to do you're just over worrying and overthinking things so that's my strap line that I plug at like all my events anytime I'm giving a talk or a podcast is that we just get so overwhelmed by this thought that we can't do it that we stop ourselves from doing it and when people ask me about foot being humble it isn't it's absolutely not that I'm telling people to never be humble. Yeah. What I want you to remember is for being humble is a mindset that the next time you've got an opportunity and you yeah. think, oh, I'm not sure if I can do it. You it's think like in your head. the voice in yeah, your head that to go, is a self-sabotage. Yeah, you say to yourself, no, for being humble, I am going to tell this person how great I am. And with black, black now, worry later, it is that. Like, for being humble, let's just blag it and see how I get on. Fucking love blagging. And the, the thing about that is... Well, like I just said, it's it's to, it silences that self-sabotage voice in your head. That's what I love about it so much because it's not actually saying like blag your way into something that you can't do because no one's going to do that. Like it's it's that apart moment of self-doubt. Yeah, <laughs> apart, from, apart from the president of the United States. <laughs> it's that moment of self-doubt where you seize an opportunity and you could go for it. But your self-saboteur or your, your lack of self-confidence or something is going to stop you from going there. And it's that thing, no, just... If the voice is saying, yeah, but you can't do it, you're not good enough, you won't be able to do it. It's, well, let's just blag it, worry about that later. Because really, you're not going to have your eye on something that you're completely incapable of doing anyway. And you're not going to have that moment of self-doubt if it's not actually something that you've got some reason to go after. I feel like you've just explained my quote way better than I did. <laughs> I feel like you're, no, I feel like you're a foot being humble hype woman. I am. Love that. <laughs> okay, so this is a pep talk, guys. We've had some people come in and suggest some things. So this person says, I'm doing some great stuff at work at the moment. 
but I never get a shout out because I don't send it to my boss. She always tells me to just email her, but I don't feel like I can send an email without sounding completely out myself. That's that whole thing about Foz, isn't it? That I mentioned earlier, this fear yeah. of sounding stupid. Yeah. It's a tricky one. It so depends on you and your personality and how you feel communicating yourself and your self-worth. But there are definitely opportunities where you can do it more privately. So, you know, things like your annual review is mm. like the time to boast and tell everyone how great you are. So if you feel like you can't give a weekly update, you know, use that as the opportunity to make note of all your achievements throughout the year so you really do explain it at the best possible time. But then I would also say to overcome that fear of, of feeling arrogant or like you're bigging yourself up too much is, as we talked about earlier, is just reframing what you're saying. So, for example, you might say, oh, I'm just so grateful that I got into, to interview, you know, five women about the uh, dramas of breastfeeding. Like, without you guys, I wouldn't have been able to write this incredible article. So thank you so much for your involvement. And in doing that, you swap the narrative round and it doesn't, it's not necessarily just about you. It's about the people that took part in it. So whether you're part of a team or the client you've helped or, you know, whoever got involved with it, you shine a light on them and how great they did. And but on the work as something else as well. I feel like maybe people find it easier to see the work as like a separate entity, especially if it's collaborative. Then they can be like, oh, that project went amazing or that film was amazing. Or, the outcome of this photo shoot was incredible without being like, my work was brilliant. Yeah, 100%. I think you just, you've got to get comfortable with what how you want to communicate yourself and there's no point in trying to overly do it if you're not going to feel it at all or but, if you're going to get anxious after. yeah but but I think you know making other people the heroes is always going to reflect well on you like yeah. always there's no way that that's going to make you look bad um I would just make sure that you use those official times like your annual review to really yeah. sing home what your involvement was in it um or also just make people aware of what you've been doing so Sometimes I've had it in previous companies where you do, you kind of circulate like a team newsletter of like wins yeah. that you've had or things that have gone well. Or um, I think as well, sometimes when you're in, when say a pitch is on and you've got to get a group of people to work on it, if people don't know that I, for example, run Foot Being Humble in the background and run events and do public speaking, they won't know to put me forward. So yeah. You can hold it back, you know, however long you want to, but the sooner you let people know, whether it's in the pub, whether it's in the kitchen telling people, whether it's on a podcast or, you know, on your Instagram, the sooner people actually know what your, like, varying skills are because yeah. it's this whole thing that we expect people to just pick us out and go, you're the yeah. chosen one. Yeah. And it's, it's just not yeah. the way. Like, there's too much competition out there for it to be like that anymore. So... We have to let people know our achievements, let people know our skills. It's like a practice. I like this idea of kind of like journaling it and realising that it's like kind of like something you have to nurture. And um, I think that the advice that I would give to this person is it's worth taking a look at, okay, so why have you got this block there? And if there's some work that you need to do on your self-worth and your self-confidence, which feeds into you know having the autonomy to be able to self-promote then like let's let's look at some of the work that could be done there do you want to do some affirmations do you need to get some therapy like 
try and do the kind of like more deep emotional healing that needs to take place in order to feel that you can stand in your power definitely and even from like a slightly more like lower budget like self-helpy way it's like the the five whys thing is what I always tell people it's like you don't feel like you can raise your voice in meetings why because you've not had as long as the industry as everyone else why because they're 20 years older than you and you go through that process and start writing down why why are you feeling like that and you'll start to get to what the actual root problem is and then you can try and address that that's like a a free version of (laughs) of self-help free therapy free therapy guys yay okay five whys take that away guys Thank you so much, Steph, for coming on. We really, really appreciate it. Um, if you want to hear more from Steph, please go and follow Fuck Being Humble London. And London is LDN on Instagram. That's right, yeah? Um, yeah, you're fucking great. Have a great week, guys. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Slice. A new episode drops every Monday at 6am. Whether you're dealing with a well-being challenge or need some inspiration at work, The Slice is here to get you motivated and ready to step into your power. We are on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just search The Slice Podcast. I've been Tara Starlet, your resident wellness warrior, community marketing expert and growth guru. You can follow me at Tara Starlet. And I've been Megan Morass, your resident motivational mentor, business owner and power pep talker. Follow me at Megan Morass. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week for the next slice.